John, Sunday ticket has a price. Actually, prices on YouTube. The NBA playoffs begin, and everyone got into the Masters last weekend, even single-A play-by-players. Hello, friends. A beautiful Saturday afternoon in Comstock Park. This is inning number seven. Still in the front nine, if you will. And are we on the back nine of the Pac-12 deal? That and more. And we're back. The Marshan Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. And that was Dan Hasty, Western Michigan Whitecaps, single A, play-by-player, got a lot of pub. Uh, for you know, putting the the chirping birds and and the masters <laughs> undertones on on a play by play call at single A. Uh, good job by Hasty. Uh, that was fun. That was great. Uh, Gary Thorne, of course, did that for an Orioles telecast. But remember, several years before uh, COVID, the Orioles played a, a game in front of no fans because there were riots in, in in the city, and that's how Gary Thorne called a play during I think a sixth or seventh inning. That was uh, that was a good one. That was good. All right, who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? All right, Andrew, I'm going to start us off. My who's up is Luis Silverwasser, who runs uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Sports. Uh, everybody is trying to retire Silverwasser and, and TNT from the NBA negotiations. Now, there's been a narrative over the past several weeks or several months that you know, ESPN is going to keep its rights, of course. NBC could pick up a package, possibly. A package could go to a streamer, Apple, Amazon, YouTube. TNT, in all of these scenarios, is described as an old cable technology. It's in a death spiral from cord cutting that NBA can't wait to, to get rid of a TNT. Well, listen to some of these viewership stats from this season. The NBA posted its biggest viewer numbers in four years on TNT. TNT for NBA games had its biggest share in a decade. That's a percentage of people that are actually watching the game. Silverwasser is at an inflection point right now. Warner Brothers Discovery's year of cost cutting is up. He's about to embark on the NBA and NHL playoffs, including the Stanley Cup Finals. So I'm not saying that Silverwasser is definitely going to go and, and cut the NBA deal, but I am saying that his footing today looks a lot better than it did just a couple of months ago. Uh, you didn't mention the All-Star game being down, but he is up overall. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Who's up for me? The Masters, CBS is mic'd up. Roy McIlroy, Max Homa. Look, I'm not, I go in and out in terms of the in-game coaching interviews, in-game player interviews. But I think golf, especially because of kind of the leisurely nature of it between shots, I think it really offers something there where uh, you get some insight. You know, you all you already get the sounds of the course a lot of times when you overhear stuff. But I do think there is something, especially for the golfer, to hear what these guys are thinking on certain shots because uh, golf is a somewhat relatable sport. Not that most people you know can't play it that well. Uh, but they can relate to being on a course. 
right? You couldn't really be on a football field. Uh, you know, most of us, uh, we could be on a golf course, a similar golf course. Now, obviously we wouldn't shoot the same. So I think it's good uh, that golf is opening up. I think that, you know, we could talk about live all day and night. And uh, they had a little run there in terms of how well uh, they did in the top five of the leaderboard, but it has impacted golf in terms of opening it up and, you know, in terms of the structure of the PGA, in terms of players being maybe more accessible in situations that where they may not have been before in response to live, I think, in part. Uh, and so I thought that was really good. So CBS, the Masters, gets my who's up uh, for the mic'd up. Yeah, and getting to see their personalities too. Just It's got to help the telecast. My who's down, Andrew? Chad Steele, the uh, PR director for the Baltimore Ravens. Look, I hate pre-draft press conferences so much. Uh, 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 my friend Bo, Sm Bo Smolka, we actually went to grade school together in D.C., Blessed Sacrament. Uh, he had a column on Press Box Online uh, where he, he had a Ravens GM, Eric DaCosta, acknowledging that they call that they call this the liar's luncheon of a press conference before the, the, the draft. Nobody is going to outline their draft strategy before before draft. But it is a press conference. There are reporters there that are asking questions. And DaCosta, John Harbaugh, who's a Ravens coach, Joe Hortiz, who's the director of player personnel, they're grown-ups. The image of Chad Steele interrupting a question from WJZ's Alex Glaze about Lamar Jackson was not a good image for the team or the league at all. First of all, the question was legitimate. The, the, the question basically was, how is the team going to view quarterbacks in the draft given that they don't know what uh, Lamar Jackson's status is with the team? But to me, it doesn't even matter if the question was legitimate. The question could have been illegitimate. It could have had nothing to do with the draft. The brain trust on the dais, they're mature professionals. I think they could handle it. I mean, that's what a press conference is. It's a bad look for the team. It's a bad look for Steele. It was a bad look for DaCosta and Harbaugh, who had to sit there as somebody sort of is trying to tell them that they're they're not good enough to answer a question like that. Uh, in DaCosta's defense, he did end up answering the question, but the, the whole thing reeked and it, it just, it was a bad show. Yeah, I agree. They should have expected it too. You got to expect Lamar Jackson questions. Uh, it's one of the biggest stories in the NFL. All right, my who's down? Saturday night live. I don't know if you saw this, but let's play a little clip. Uh, they went into the Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark controversy, and they had Angel Reese, not the actual Angel Reese, but they portrayed Angel Reese. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of the beginning of this. Here the comment is Angel Reese. you had quite a week yeah i got people big man <laughs> okay i cut it off because the next joke was just like hey, it's saturday night live so they can do it but it was just totally off color um and here's the thing it was terrible it was not funny there's so much opportunity to be funny in that situation and if you watched it or if you go on youtube and watch it again it's just terrible it's like not there's no humor in it uh, i will say a good thing and you know, we can talk about this, you know, controversy of Reese and Clark forever. But you can't say it's a bad thing that Saturday Night Live is talking about women's basketball, no matter, maybe not, no matter how they get there. But in this circumstance, yes, it's trash talking. It's nothing that serious, especially what's going on all over the world with, you know, everything that uh, we're all dealing with all the time. A win for 
college basketball, but a big loss for SNL. Come on, you got to be better than that skit. It's got Angel Reese. She could have been, I think she could have done a funnier skit than they did. <laughs> they need new writers. Can you imagine, though, the Masters, uh, the baseball starting, the NHL and NBA heading to the, 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 the playoffs? And it's women's college basketball that's like getting there. That's what we talked about last last episode, Andrew. It's a you know it, it's a big inflection point for those uh, for, for that. It's sport. definitely a win for them. Lost or SNL. All right, let's move to the topics. Number one, the NFL Sunday Ticket. Uh, we talked about Sunday Ticket forever. Gonna go to Apple. Gonna go uh, who knows where. It ends up at YouTube. Uh, we had Brian Rollop, number two at the NFL. He talked about how they're gonna be able to do new things. They are going to have a multi-view look where you can pick four games at once and you can watch them at once. But the big news is the pricing. Uh, let's go over it and what you think of it. Okay, Andrew, the, the big takeaway from this is anybody that thought that they were going to get a discount on a Sunday ticket when it went to YouTube is going to be sorely disappointed. And they obviously were not listening to you or me or this podcast over the past couple of months. It's priced as promised as a premium service. So th this is it's a little bit confusing, but basically, if you're a subscriber to YouTube TV, you're going to have to pay $350 in order to get Sunday ticket, $349 to be exact. If you want Red Zone Channel thrown in with that, it's another for, uh, $40, $389. Uh, if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, it's going to cost $450 for Sunday ticket or $490 for a Sunday ticket with Red Zone Channel. They are offering $100 off all of those prices if you do it in June. And well, yeah, well, basically within the next month or so, next within the next two months. But this is a price that is on par or a little bit more than how DirecTV was, uh, was making the offer. And there are no deals to be had here. Fox and CBS are each paying more than two billion dollars uh, uh per year for the rights to the sunday afternoon rights which is basically what the sunday ticket is already the, the nfl has flex scheduling coming in they they are starting international games and different windows and so they, they're they, they've been stripping out the sunday afternoon games uh so they, they they need to do whatever they can to keep those valuable and keep fox and cbs paying as much as they are this was always going to be a high cost premium service. And that this, this doesn't, the pricing really didn't surprise me one bit. And let me ask you now, I don't know if you can expense this. I think I could probably expense this one, but I probably pass it by the boss before I dig. Cause that is a big number. But if you weren't, let's say you can't expense it. Okay. You're just a fan. Would you be interested in buying this product? It depends actually. Am I a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? No, I would be, have no interest in, in uh, getting this pop product because I'd be able to see all but two games. But let me make it closer to home for you. If you're a Commanders fan, but you moved, so you're not getting the local games, and you're living now uh, in the beautiful city of New York, all right? We don't get the uh, Commanders every week. Would you get this package? If I'm a Commanders fan in New York and I'm a rabid Commanders fan, yes, I'm, I'm making that purchase and and because I want to be able to see all those games. If I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan in Kansas City, I'm making that purchase. But if I'm a fan of one of the top teams in the league, the Cowboys, the the Steelers, the Packers, and but by top teams, I just mean uh, the, the teams that, that generate big TV ratings uh, season after season, you don't have to get this because you see all but two or three games 
anyway, and because they're they're in national windows, either on CBS and uh, Fox or on NBC, ESPN, and, and Amazon. Yes, I mean, if you want to see every game and you're out of market, you you'd still probably get it because you're gonna get you're right, you're gonna get a lot of those games. And I think to me as a Steeler fan, right? I mean, I'm doing my job on Sunday, so I have to watch. You know, I can't just watch the Steelers. Uh, you know, that's what I tell my wife as well, Andrew. That that uh, it does is that a work tough for job. you when you say I, that? It does not. Um, sometimes it does. Uh, it depends. The years that I want to watch all the games, they're going to be on late in the season anyway, right? You know, if they're not good, then I'm not as interested. If the Steelers, you know, they're usually good, but, you know, Mike Tomlin is awesome. So they're usually good. Um, but if they weren't, then I wouldn't be that interested. So to me, when that number came out a little high, here's the last thing on Sunday Take I want to ask you. You know, we talked with Rollop. He mentioned innovation. Yes, you'll get the, you can pick the four teams. You know, Sunday Ticket had it where they just, you they picked the four teams kind of that you could watch and that was that you're grouping of games. Now you'll be able to group what you want for your four games, which is good, I think, especially for betters um, and maybe fantasy players uh, to be able to see the, you know, players and teams that they want to see at that moment. The big question is, I don't think it's coming in, from what I've heard, but like the single game, you want to watch the commanders give us $15 on a Sunday because you're out of market and you don't want the whole package. We're a long way from that. I don't think that's coming anytime soon. And I think that's the nature of what this package is. It's a, it's a premium package, but I also want to do, you know, they're, they're out now and, and people love to, uh, to complain about direct TV and their stewardship of, um, of Sunday ticket. But if you want to talk about innovation, I direct TV really innovated they were the ones that came up with um with the quad box and then uh to, to start with they were the first ones to come up with the red zone channel mm -hmm. uh it's not as though it, on direct tv you're watching it the same way you watched it in 1994 when they started it it's a totally different more more consumer friendly package uh today and i would expect and given streaming and given youtube there are going to be uh ways that they move that forward as well but the the purchase you know the the itunes purchase where you just purchase by game i don't i just don't see that happening it's it's not that's not what this package is this is a premium price package now we're 80 plus episodes in so people are starting to get to know us a little better but you know john for those that don't know he really cut his teeth at the cable you know in the cable and satellite world so when he talks about direct tv he bleeds the cable and satellite TV, I think that's, so it's like, he can't let go of that. Oh, darn, they did a great job. Everyone, nobody likes Sunday ticket. Nobody liked direct TV with it. You realize that. Well, well it is funny because we, you know, we, we, uh, we talk a lot about our interviews and how to approach our interviews. And the, the one thing I did, I wish I had back is when, uh, when Brian Rollout talked about, you know, talked about direct TV and I heard from a lot of my old sources back in the day, cause I covered, when DirecTV got this package, it was like, wow, what what kind of package this is? They called me and they they were they were irritated by that. They were like, let, let us go through all of the innovations that we brought to the, to the Sunday ticket package. So you let them down, your people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm just uh, I'm a mouthpiece for them right now. So there you go. All right, all right, John. Let's move to the next topic. It's been a big one for months and months. Uh, the Pac-12 deal, the relationship in terms of what it means for the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. Uh, you had a really good uh, nugget in your Monday newsletter uh, that comes out every Monday evening from Sports Business Journal, uh, where you reported that, um, yes, they did talk to the CW as the Athletic reported, but only one conversation. You kind of didn't think 
It didn't sound like you thought that, you know, a deal is likely. Maybe it's possible, but not likely. Uh, so where do we stand? Pac-12, uh, you know, the athletic reported also that now the, you know, the timeline looks like late spring, early summer for a new deal. Um, they go this this fall, they'll still be on ESPN and Fox, but then the next year is when they, they need a new TV contract. Uh, what do you think? A couple of things on that. One is uh, that the, the CW uh, did a uh, deal with Live Golf, and they're talking to everybody. Uh, but the, the, it was it was a talk that just you know, almost an informational talk. It, it, it wasn't. I would never classify it as a negotiation. And uh, sources that I trust uh, very much are just saying that it, it to say it's unlikely. I, I think you can put the word extremely in front of unlikely. It's the it, it's almost certain not to happen uh, that they're going to do a deal with them. Uh, the other point of this that I think is is really interesting is is the timeline, and. There's been a timeline that's been offered, you know, where we've bashed through deadlines and and it's almost this sense of urgency that they need to get the deal done. But I can tell you that with the networks that are buying it, they don't feel that urgency. Wait, wait which networks are buying it, though? Well, that, that's what we have to figure <laughs> out. The, the networks that they're talking to, because they, they are still talking to ESPN. They're still talking to Fox. Uh, the money isn't exactly where they want it to be, but they're still talking to them. And these networks don't feel that urgency. And if you look back at the Big Ten, you know they did their blockbuster deal, and it was like right before football season. So, th so there's a sort of sort of cadence and timing that they have, and they're not jumping to the sense of urgency that the Pac-12 feels. And like we got to get this done and lock our schools in and 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 move forward. But do they need it? I guess that's what we get. We talked about need and wants, right? And does ESPN need it because they filled up a lot of those windows with big 12, especially I think the basketball component is sometimes underrated because when they, when ESPN lost the big 10, they lost a lot of basketball inventory. And now I think it's pretty inarguable at the moment, at least that the big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. Uh, and so, you know, obviously the ACC, you know, with North Carolina Duke and just the historic nature of the ACC is still very special. And the Big Ten, I mean, where they have eight teams in there, they're also powerful conference. Like I'm not demeaning any of those impact in the Pac-12 is very good, but the Big 12 in terms of success, uh, maybe not as big in names uh, for some of those schools, but in terms of success of late uh, has been the best conference. Andrew, North Carolina didn't even make the tournament this year. You it's true, but it's one of the Texas two schools you threw out. I mean, come on. They were in the final the year before, but you still, North Carolina Duke, you still, uh, you still <laughs> think you turn on the TV, you see those light blues, you still are interested in North Carolina. Now, listen, at the... Uh... And, and also, everyone, again, we're 80 plus in, John Oran, Maryland grad. I mean, that was obvious, obvious where that came from. Uh, Carolina refs, they're a real thing, yeah. total real thing. I don't think that it's a, it's a need or a must-have for ESPN, but we, you know, we had Eric Shanks on the pod uh, at, at the Super Bowl, and we asked him about the Pac-12, and they're still around if the price comes down. All of a sudden, like there's a the whole price value equation, and if the price is good, all of a sudden- But is that good for the conference? Like, we travel in the TV circles. Uh, I, I do think that, again, we're not taking sides on this. I don't know, there's just like Pac-12, Big 12 war online. Uh, so we're just reporting. I just think, I was told watch Colorado. So I'm just gonna, you know, put that out there. Obviously the four corner schools have been ones. I think as you push these deals back, and even when you're talking about like, you know, the CW, 
right? That's not a good move for the Pac-12. Like, let's just say that was real. Because the thing is, when you make a deal, you always have to think about what's the next deal. And if you're doing a CW deal, what does that mean? You know, Big 12, Big 10, uh, ACC, they're all going to have the relationships with the ESPN, the Foxes, the CBSs, the NBCs. And you're sitting out there with the CW. How do you get better? And do people leave? And then when you talk about the money, and yeah, I agree with you. I think Fox to a lesser extent, but maybe um, ESPN it will will listen. I think there's probably a price, probably probably for both of them. But is that a good price for the Pac-12? Especially it's gonna it's less than they could have gotten. So I don't know. I keep quoting our our big guests, but we did have Nick Khan who suggested like do a short term deal. You know, right right now you sort of out, got outmaneuvered by the Big Twelve. They got in there. They got the windows on Fox. They got the windows on ESPN, and they took some money out of the market. Do a short-term deal, wait for the the market to settle down. Maybe the digital players are going to come in hard in, in three years. Maybe the you know ESPN will decide it does need the Pac-12 in three years and then and then try to work that out. The question, like you said, is if if that deal and that timeline is going to be good enough for to 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 keep the uh um the universities placated. But let's go to the next topic. This happens every April. Where here here in D.C., it is like a, a beautifully sunny day in April, and I'm stuck inside watching uh, the Azaleas and the, the the drama and the Masters on on uh, ESPN and CBS. Uh, I know you watched a lot of it this year. What were your takeaways? Yeah, I think we talk about Jim Nance. We've talked about him with the NCAA tournament, and he's you know Iron Eagles taking over for him there. And you know I've said this for a long time, Iron Eagles better than him there. And then the NFL, um, you know, I'd say Eagles probably better there as well, but what Nance is great at is golf. And why is that? So, you know, I try to study, you know, golf is a slower game. Um, it's different type of play by play, but the number one reason that Jim Nance is so good on golf is he's so passionate about it. He loves being there. And I do think, uh, this is probably always true, but even especially in our digital age where everyone has an opinion, you have to be as passionate as your audience about the sport you're covering or the topic you're covering. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to switch uh, from baseball back to sports media. For whatever weird reason, I'm really passionate about sports media. I like talking about this. When we talk offline, I like talking about it. So with Nance, he's passionate to the highest degree about golf. And then the nature of him, he's more of a host than a play-by-player. And when you're doing the, you know, calling the shots um, and, you know, even at the end there with John Rom, you have time to think about it. You have time to set it up and hit the right notes. That is different when, you know, you're doing college hoops or the NFL where there's not as many, like he doesn't make calls. You know, that's kind of the different, this skill level is not as high at those things. And so uh, that's the, that's one thing I noticed. Then the other thing uh, I mentioned was uh, the mic'd up stuff. I thought was really good. Uh, and then now this became something I don't want to make it a big deal because I don't know for certain, you know, did they not show the live Did CBS not show the live golfers as much as um, the PGA guys. I don't know. You you could argue that I know in New York, uh, you know, Boomer Sison who works for CBS and Greg Giannotti, who they host the show on WFA and they, they made a, a deal about it. Um, you know, Mickelson, 
yes, of course, it was different than if he had just, you know, was still in good graces with everybody and the fans especially. But he did come from behind, which made it a little bit awkward. They definitely showed him less than they would have. Um, I think, you know, it, you'd show Mickelson more. But it was a little bit awkward how he came back from behind and all of a sudden was under eight and kind of in contention if the leaders, you know, faded at the end when he was done. Uh, so uh, I give him a little bit of a pass there. But um, but I think overall, uh, enjoyable coverage. I love your comments. There are like three or four things I, I, I want to uh, touch on. Uh, a lot with the Masters, but one, when you talk about oh, passion and you want announcers to have passion, I, I didn't think I'd only take a week for me to bring this up, Andrew, but last week on the pod, you like you like Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith, even though they, they're not overly passionate about the NCAA, and I have to call you out on that right now. Yep, and of course you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, one comment doesn't just apply. It's not like some like Marshan rules of everything. It's uh, there for di- different circumstances. Your point again, we won't belabor it because that was last week. Go back to listen to last week. So you want to hear the whole thing, but uh, you said you want more college hoop people on there. And I, in theory, I agree with you, but the nature of how Turner does college hoops doesn't allow them. They don't have a regular season. CBS has a regular season, but they already have their people and their people are involved. Jay Wright, Clark Kellogg, those people are involved. And so I think in that circumstance, Barkley and Kenny Smith have grown on me. Initially, I didn't actually like it. I was with you, but because I like that passion and maybe it's also because I've gotten older and I'm not as like, I don't watch as much college hoops during the year. I get into it towards the, you know, the conference tournaments and then March madness. That's, that's uh, so, where we differ. Cause I, I watch, I watch. College I, I think that's the difference. Yes. Yeah. So you yeah. want that passion, but, but I think those guys, Barkley, especially is just such a big name and is so good on TV that I think he, he cuts through and he's become a part of the tournament. I was looking forward to seeing what the viewership numbers were for, for the masters. I know we, we people spend so much of the time and effort on viewership, but this is the first time, you know, you had live versus the PGA tour. Uh, and, and I found it to be fascinating. Like I, it, it, it kept me, it didn't get me to tune in cause I was going to tune in anyway, but it kept me watching about the whole time to see what was, what was going to happen. I think the numbers are going to be muddled because Sunday, you know, they basically had two rounds on the Sunday. So it's going to be really difficult to sort of discern, you know, what was what from that, that that'll come out. But I do think that, that, that the, uh, the presence of lid of this season has really elevated golf and put in and made casual sports fans enjoy golf a lot more. And I think that you, you're going to see, in all of the majors, you're going to see pretty uh, impressive viewership numbers, not necessarily because people want to see live versus the PGA tour like me, but because golf is sort of being talked about much more frequently in uh, in casual conversations, a little behind the scenes on, on the pod here. Uh, I was going to do uh, Justin Thomas as my who's down uh, because he, he was part of the mic'd up. You did mic'd up, the, the mic'd up for the, uh, the who's up. Well, Justin Thomas, he did a mic'd up and then he collapsed and he didn't make the cut. And I was like, wow, if, if I'm a golfer, I'm looking at that and I'm going to be really concerned about whether or not I, I should do that. I made a couple of calls and was told, don't do that. They're going to continue with these mic'd up going. You know, I still don't think one has anything to do with it. I think we always like to do that. My famous one is, if you know, Giant fans will remember this. Jeremy Shockey was very demonstrative to Eli Manning if he didn't get the ball. And then Jeremy Shockey got hurt. And the Giants won the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, oh, he's better without Shockey. It's like, yeah, maybe. But that was like decided that that was the reason. Eli didn't have Shockey in his face. 
And it's like, Jeremy Shockey is actually a very good player. And perhaps that was right. But this, we love like narratives and we love deciding as, you know, I think this is where the media does get a bad name a little bit and deservedly. So it's like, this is the narrative. And like, that's what happened. And yeah, maybe, but it was just like decided that Shockey uh, was not in his face. So Eli played better, which could be correct. People who reported it might've found out, you know what, that's what the, the giants felt. That's what the players felt. Maybe but it doesn't mean it's 100% true. John, let's do a couple of quick hits before we get out of here. A quick one today. Um, RSNs, uh, you had something the other day. Um, is baseball still going out of business? Or what are we doing here? Warner Brothers Discovery, they gave uh, baseball, their teams, uh, for their four RSNs, a March 31st deadline to come to a deal or we're going to go, we're going to uh, file for Chapter 7 liquidation, uh, which is bad news for everybody. They still haven't come to a deal. It's now April 11th. You're listening to this April 12th. But they're, uh, the, the, there's a belief on both sides that um, the, the uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, they, they run the AT&T Sportsnets in Houston, in Denver, in Pittsburgh. They have agreed that they're going to pay the rights fees and they're going to produce and distribute all, all the baseball games through the end of the season. Then they're going to walk away from uh, from the deal and the rights are going to re revert back to the teams and presumably MLB. So fans can see their games. And then is again, next year, we talk, we've talked about this hurricane, the winds start to blow even harder next year. Is that how this is going to work? Definitely. Because all of a sudden we don't know what's going to happen with diamonds uh, that they run the Valley sports RSN. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen with their bankruptcy. We don't know what's going to happen with the, these rights, particularly with the pirates and with the, um, with the Rockies. So that it's you know there there are lots of question marks and lots of uh, million dollar deals that are millions of dollars worth of deals that are uh, in the offing here. All right, another quick hitter. Uh, the NBA wrapped its regular season, getting ready to go into the playoffs. What are you looking for? Well, I just think the NBA is in a weird spot, right? We keep talking about the ascension of the digital players who are going to be interested. Uh, we believe in the next deal, especially with Amazon possibly Apple, maybe YouTube, Google, um, and how Turner wants to keep it. We think ESPN is going to keep it. NBC wants to get involved. But I got to tell you, I feel like the NBA regular season really lacked buzz and really ended with a terrible way with the Mavericks sitting their players with a chance to, um, with the playoffs on the line. Uh, that was really odd. It's good to see uh, Mike Bass. Um, you know, had a statement from the NBA saying that they're investigating that they, I mean, I honestly, they should probably, they, the pick would go to the Knicks. Uh, now it won't. Um, and so I don't know, I'd probably maybe reverse that. That to me should be the, not, not any New York bias there. It's just, that's why they did it. I just think you're, you can't have, you just can't have this as a professional league where teams are trying to lose late with a chance to get in the playoffs. And I get it. They haven't played well, but they do have very talented players. Don't you want to get in the tournament and try to make some noise? I would think so. Um, you know, you only get so many bites at the apple with this thing. I get it. They're playing awful. Um, but that's number one. Um, number two, we've talked about this. And I always will say, you know, when games are start late, like the NCAA um, finals every year, 922 seems ridiculous. I really think it should be 830. Uh, please change that CBS Turner. But, um, but it's 922. They don't put it at 922 because they think less people are going to watch, right? 
fewer people for my grammar people out there. Fewer people are going to watch. He sometimes get those emails. Um, fewer people are going to watch. So I get it that, you know, they are not putting these games like the Knicks start Saturday and then they play whenever. It's like you don't have no idea what these games are. If you're in the business and you cover this stuff, you have to watch it. You have no idea when these games are. Uh, I think they need more of a rhythm to their playoffs. Uh, what says you? I think that this is actually an important playoffs for, for the NBA. This really does remind me of the late 90s when uh, Michael Jordan retired. They have some superstars like LeBron James. I'll still tune in to watch LeBron James. You know, Steph Curry and, and the Warriors. And they're getting old. And they just need some some of these younger players that uh, to, to just take hold. They're starting to. They're starting to get their footing. You have Giannis up in a... You know, in Milwaukee, you have the Joker in, in Denver. You have a, a my, my son's favorite player in, is a is a, a plays in Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, uh, for goodness sake. So they they are they are starting to get some some good personalities and some good play, but they really need to 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 start developing. They're not quite superstars yet, and they start they have to really start developing that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's always been a star league. Uh, and you know, not a team league. I mean, you do have those classic teams like the Lakers and the Celtics, but uh, it's because they've had the stars, the Magics, the Kareems, the Birds, the McHales, the Parishes. You know, that's how this league goes. I think John Morant uh, was going in that direction, and maybe he still will um, if he can get his off the court stuff all settled. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, you're right. I do think it's a big playoffs and I just think they need some rhythm. I mean, I think that's the, the NCAA tournament. There's such a rhythm to that tournament, you know, to the women's tournament too. There's just not a rhythm to these playoffs and it kind of makes it difficult. I hear that over and over. I don't know what the NBA studies say, but I hear it over and over how there's no rhythm to these games and you just don't know. And there's, you know, there's two days between games and, you know, rest and all that. I get it, but it's just like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't find that. I, I don't have that same complaint. Cause I do think each series develops some storylines and those storylines, you know, but it takes too marinate. long. I don't, there should be a rhythm. I get it. They want to be on Thursdays. They want to be on Sunday nights. I get that stuff, but I'm just going to, my, my, my computer might shut down in 50 seconds. So let me just, uh, I have some Apple thing. They should figure that out though. In my opinion, Mike Bass, a former who's down by Andrew Marchand. Oh, he should have been your who's up at this week. Well, for a statement, come on, Bass, you gotta give me more than that. <laughs> and don't give me your ratings that are not, give me the real ratings. No, no <laughs> fake ratings. All right. We don't believe in fake rating. I know we, you guys are gonna make billions of dollars. We don't need fake ratings. All right. Just give me the good. Cause then when you give me the good ones and I understand, oh, those are good. You give me the bad ones too. All right. On All that right, note, guys, let's, uh, let's wrap it up on that note. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the end. Please, as always, if you can rate us, leave a comment. Uh, that apparently is very helpful. We uh, we read everyone. We appreciate it. A uh, shout out to uh, Chris Mason, who already uh, fact-checked us earlier today, and we appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. Uh, AC Wyatt is, a, of course, uh, somebody that puts it all together. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Good to see you, Andrew. And... When Marshan said that he had 50 seconds left before his computer shuts down, he apparently had 50 seconds left and his computer shut down when we now have a frozen Andrew Marshan on the screen. So I'm taking care of the goodbye. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. I think it was good. I think you need an and. I didn't okay. write that, but you do need it. I can only do what's written, Andrew. Come on. <laughs> He's like a teleprompter. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter?